Hey friends, guess who's back? Back again. It's editing Amy, what's up? Um, I'm just popping in to let y'all know that the next episode is going to be at least a little bit of some Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy content, if you have anything you want to share with us. And um, also letting you know that uh, this episode, because of how completely trash fire this internet is, uh, my audio was a little bit funky jams. I did my best to to get as much out as I could, but uh, once I'm in my own happy place with my own happy internet, we hopefully will never have problems like this again. But yeah, thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Uh, bye bye. Let's start the episode. Let's start. The Hooray! Episode. Hooray! Hey everybody, welcome to next two nerds. My name is Amy, and I had something planned for what I was going to say right now, but I totally forgot it, so we're just going to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Shannon, and I didn't have anything specific planned, but I took a shower and I got dressed today, so yeah. Yeah, that's important. (laughs) I'm glad we both didn't plan anything so you didn't have to show me up. (laughs) We're we're in this together, solidarity in all things. Solidarity. (laughs) did totally forget what I was gonna say. Dang, dudes. <laughs> I'm doing, it happens. I'm doing good this week. At uh, our advanced age. In our advanced <laughs> age. We're just old ladies. We don't we don't know what's going on anymore. Uh so Shannon man, <laughs> Star Wars episode last week was super fun. Yeah, that was such a good time. So continued fun in today's episode. So Shannon, what did you do this week? Um this week I binge watched a show on Netflix, and that's like my happy thing for this week. It's an original series based on a graphic novel of the same title, and it's called I Am Not Okay With This. Uh, I love that. It's so good, dude. Um, it's by, um, the graphic novel is by Charles Forsman, and the series is done by Jonathan Entwistle, and it's also, um, I don't know if you heard of it, the, um, end of the fucking world it's the same people who did that series i don't know if i have i'll have to look into that that. one's really good too um and they're they're both a little dark um both kind of adolescent centered um but this one is uh the main character's name is sid novak and she's a 17 year old girl and we meet her shortly after the death of her father and we kind of follow her around as she slowly realizes that she has telekinetic powers like insane explosive dark phoenix level powers (laughs) that's pretty cool i'm down with that yeah it's 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 pretty rad so like she is joined by like her cool neighbor um stanley who's played by the actor wyatt ola and he's like weird and sweet and he's the sort of character where like you had a friend like him in high school, but only when you got older, you realized how cool he actually was. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, he was a weirdo, but now as an adult, you're like, damn, he was the coolest person I knew. Yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and then she has a best friend named Dina, who's, like, really beautiful and popular, but also super kind. So she's, like, the popular girl that is likable. That trope doesn't get so explored the- enough, because... You know, right? Normally it's the mean girl and the clicky shit, but this is like she's like a beautiful girl. She's nice. She's smart. She's funny. She's popular, but she's also really sweet. So it's nice to see that because a lot of times females get kind of put into those specific roles, but she's actually a little more layered 
than, you know, your average hot chick. So we follow Sid as she tries to, like, navigate the shitty pitfalls and dealing with the grief of losing her father and then also trying to figure out what the actual fuck is going on with her. It's, like, super fun and spooky. It's got X-Men vibes. Um, It's got, like, a cliffhanger holy shit ending, and it made me order the graphic novel, so I would totally recommend it. Oh, that's awesome. It even gives me kind of like almost secret Alec Mack vibes in the way that you described. Oh my god, yes! Yes! Oh, that's awesome. That makes me so happy. Yeah, definitely. For those of you not aware, The Secret World of Alex Mack was like a a show similar to what Shannon described, only her superpower was basically turning into Capri Sun people. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was a really fun show from from the Nickelodeon 90s of you. Oh man, Nick 90s. What a wild time to be alive. Right? There were some good shows on Nickelodeon in the 90s. Like, wonderful, wholesome, weird fun. But yeah, that sounds like a good time. I will have to check that out. Yeah, it's super short, like seven episodes. The episodes are like slightly under 30 minutes. I watched the whole series in like a day and a half. So yeah, it was, I pretty much like ate saltines in my pajamas and watched that show for a day and a half. And it was rad as fuck. <laughs> good Ooh, i'll have to check that out yeah how about you what was your fun time for the week well i think you've probably noticed if you were on whenever you were on your switch if i was not on animal crossing i was playing um the pokemon sword i did notice that and i saw it like light up and i was just like oh pokemon yeah like so i didn't have a switch until very very recently yeah like i bought one just before i left for japan remember you saying and I was so excited for you to come home so we could play Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, but no, when I wasn't playing Animal Crossing, I was playing Pokemon Sword, which I, I finally, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna buy it and download it and play the heck out of it. Yeah, treat yourself. I don't know, were you ever a real big Pokemon person? Did you ever really play them? Um, I had uh, Pokemon Gold and I had Pokemon Diamond um, for the DS. Okay. Um, and... I had Pokemon Call on the GameCube, I believe. Pokemon Coliseum was on the GameCube, yes, I had that as well. Yeah, yeah, I had that one. And, like, I've always been, like, I've loved the series. So, like, I'm I'm aware of Pokemon, but I'm not as knowledgeable or as into it as you are. Like, oh, you're yeah. you're kind of my go-to Pokemon pal. Oh, that, that makes me <laughs> feel good that I'm somebody's go-to Pokemon expert, Pokemon professor. Um, you did it! I did it. I finally, I lived my childhood dream. <laughs> Of being a Pokemon professor, because man, I, I, I was like the perfect age for these games. You're a little bit older than me, so I don't, Yeah. you, you kind of just missed the really big like hype train that playing these games for forever, so that I waited this long to play the newest one was like kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. But like, dang, I love it. Well, they got rid of a lot of Pokemon and they changed around a lot of things, so obviously people were upset. Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard Griffin McElroy talk about it a little bit. And you know what? They had to change up the formula at some point. Right. Because there's not much that you can really change with Pokemon being a child going on an adventure with your little Pokemons and stuff. Right. Like, change is growth, and if you want the franchise to continue to evolve, no pun intended, like, you have to, you know, hey oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you gotta mix it up a little bit. And 
I really like how the story kind of has been progressing so far, and the way the gyms work is really cool. Like, you're actually in a stadium, and it's, like, a big event. It's, like, it's a little bit more sensible in the way that they kind of, like, yeah, you're, you go to the, you're, like, a sports star, basically, but with Pokemon, and you do, like, these cute little puzzles to kind of get to the gym leader or some, like, thing that's themed around you know, whatever gym that you're going to is. Like, oh, that's cool. I'm fucking in love with the fairy gym because the gym leader is this older lady who was, like, previously an actor. Oh, my God. That's, like, fucking That's, like, your specific shit, dude. Oh, we're going to get into (laughs) today with my crush of the week that that's my specific shit. But... (laughs) Yay, I'm so excited. But, um, she's, like, (laughs) her whole thing is to have an audition to become the fairy type gym leader. And That's like, adorable. So as you're battling the trainers, you're like on a stage and they're asking you questions about fairy types and about the gym. And as you're battling her, the questions get like really specific. Like, what's my favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> and they all have something a little bit different that they do. And you get to wear super cool uniforms. Oh, nice. It's adorable. That's awesome. I love me some good accessories. And, like, they opened up the, the, all of the options from the start, and they gave you a lot more options for, like, things like character customization and actually getting good Pokemon early on. Oh, rad. That's awesome. Yeah, little stuff like that. Being able to do all your customization stuff early. Being able to get, like, good pokes early is real nice. That's awesome. I think, um couple of my favorites are the Meowth is fucking adorable. It's the one, if you've ever seen the meme about the McElroy brothers being the three kinds of Meowth. Oh! And how Justin is the Alolan one because it's all sassy and Griffin is the normal one and the one with the big beard is Travis. Yes. The big bearded one is the one that's, that I have and he's Oh, that's awesome! I even named him Magnus. That's so good. Oh, you're my favorite. There's another one that's a puppy. Oh. They always do a dog type Pokemon, but this is my favorite one. It's Yamper. Yeah. Yamper is oh my God. like a fucking corgi. They're just, yeah, they're they're great. They're the hobbits of the dog world. Big heart, little body. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Oh, it's so cute. His little doofy it's so face. cute. I want one. His little doofy face. It's so adorable and I love it's it. It's so good. And, like, the, it's almost like the feet are, like, an afterthought. It's like someone stuck little dinner rolls yeah. on the bottom of a loaf. It's so like, good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's so good. It's so good, dude. He just looks like such a derp, and I love him. And then oh. it evolves into, like, a proper puppy, so I like that the oh. evolution is even, like, still adorable, but looks like, you know. A big strong boy. Like, strong. he's a leggy boy now. Yeah, he's got, he grew legs. <laughs> he grew legs. The bread has risen. The bread has risen. <laughs> it's true. But oh man, it's 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 good. I love the new Pokemon. I, I know that's awesome. It's it's got. I like how where the story's gone so far. I like that your uh, your rival isn't like just total trash. He's actually like pretty pretty competent. Nice. They kind of put a little bit more. Like usually, you're the big like thing. In, in the Pokemon universe, like, you're the big, like, reason, you, you know, your dad's the gym leader or whatever. Right, right. But uh, it's your rival's brother who's, like, the current champion, and he's, like, a big deal. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's nice to actually, you know, not just make it so self-centered on the player character. I think that's a good lesson for kids to understand that, you know, 
other people in your world have hopes and dreams as well kind of thing. Right, right. Like, ev- everyone has aspirations and goals, and that's cool. Which, you know, it's, it's lately Pokemon's been better at, but, but back in, back in the Dizzy days, man, <laughs> you had some jerk characters. Because that's my, that's my actual, my jerk character for the week. My character that I hate in a franchise that I love. Um, how well do you know Gary Oak? Um, not incredible. I'm familiar with the name, but I'm not terribly well versed in, in the lore, so. That's the character, and he's the big one in the anime, too, who's the, the, the basically the rival to Ash and the rival to your character. He's basic, he's, I think in the games they, it's, it's blue, but you can name him Gary, and the design and everything is really kind of, kind of similar. They're pretty much the same, the same okay. But, uh, man, in the anime, fucking Gary is just a piece of trash who just <laughs> hates you all the time. His, his, his like, uh, his go-to catchphrase is, smell you later. Stop it. It's, I'm not even joking. This is how 90s Pokemon was. <laughs> wow. Okay, Nelson Muntz. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> he's, 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 he's the grandson of Professor Oak. His voice, too, is, oh my god, he's, he's like, smell you later, Ash. Like, he's, he's oh, like, geez. the most 90s asshole character, and he's just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's just constantly better than you. He's constantly shitting on you for not being as good as him. Uh, and forgetting, uh, like, the all worst. the luck where he doesn't get it. Which is, like, kind of fair. Like, you do get, like, in the earlier games, like I said, they're very, they're very centered around your character being the, you know, be-all and all of everything in this universe. Right, yeah. So I can kind of understand where he comes, where, where he comes from. Like, <laughs> he's the only one who knows anything about anything. He's the only one who knows anything about Pokemon. Uh, yeah, I, that, that whole style of villain is, is like the worst for me yeah that it it's funny because the character i picked for mine is is a very similar to that like that that trope yeah it's just the i know everything and you know nothing like yeah bro chill out like settle down right you're allowed to be a teacher right like don't preach teach like we brought this up that... a few times on this on this uh, on this podcast that you know we don't like shitting on things and we don't like being like you know unnecessarily mean, and that's this character trope is like, well, I'm so much smarter than you, I'm so much better than you, right? Like, don't don't try to like make people feel bad that they're not as good as you. Like, try to elevate them and help them be better. You know, right? And I think they do kind of get a little bit better with, with Gary as the as the series kind of continues. And he's really not that bad in the game. If I'm remembering Blue's character in the game, he ends up becoming a gym leader. He ends up, like, kind of actually helping you through stuff, even though he is a little bit arrogant. He's Oh, okay. He's well, that's, that's cool, at least. Overblown as he is in the early, like, the original anime that I remember from being a kid. Right. And just being like, I hate this guy. He's annoying, and I hate his voice, and I hate that he <laughs> thinks he's better than everybody else, and he's just a jerk, and I don't want to be around him. Sometimes I feel like they do that with characters and stuff intended for children because they don't give kids enough credit to be able to pick up on the subtleties of who's good and who's not, so they try to make it so over the top, you yeah. know? 
think that was a big deal with a lot of 90s media. You know, while you yeah. had some good ones that really understood it, you had some that were just like, tried a little hard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a shame because I was looking up his, um, I was looking up like what his name was and, and just general stuff. His character's name in, in Japanese is Shigeru, and that's, and they actually named him after Shigeru Miyamoto, the Nintendo man, Aww. Nintendo dad. Aww. So I was like, oh, that's real sweet. I wish that I is really such sweet. A piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and of course, you know, he also didn't get the Pikachu. If you're, if we're talking specifically the, uh, the Pokemon series, Ash just like gets the coolest Pokemon at the time. Right. Right. Yeah. That's one thing I do remember specifically is how like he got Pikachu by mistake, basically, because he got there late. Yeah. And Pikachu was kind of a dick to him. Pikachu <laughs> was a dick. It took Pikachu almost dying to not be a dick anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he hated Ash for his, for their relationship to be normal, which is not a good, not a good, not a way you want to start your relationship. It turned out no, for no, the best not... in the end, but not a way you want to start a relationship with a person. Yeah. Um. So like I said, it's, it's a sort of similar character, and I... I just want to start off by saying that I love the X-Men so fucking much. Yeah. I've loved them since I first discovered Chris Claremont and John Burns' The Dark Phoenix Saga when I was eight. Like, yeah. those mutants grabbed hold of my heart, and I have been an avid honorary student at Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters ever since. Dang like, right. <laughs> like, I can't say enough good thing about the X-Men. Um, one X-Men always leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And that dubious honor goes to Scott Summers, oh, a.k.a. Oh. Cyclops. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I like... am excited to hear you talk about <laughs> this, this man. <laughs> like, I know this is a hot topic, and if he is your favorite character, that is totally fine. And I do understand why people like him so much. I do not like him so much. <laughs> I'm with you on that. He was never one of my favorites. Yeah. I feel like he's the hot jock in high school who would secretly hook up with you, but then rag on you when he's with your, like, with his friend. And then they would cover you in pig's blood at the prom in front of everyone. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> like, his powers are sick, but it's his ego, and it's his I'm right, and even if I wasn't, I had a good reason to do what I did. That's what rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Like that inability to, like, own up to his fault. There's typically two schools of thought on the X-Men leading men, and there's Team Cyclops, mm -hmm. and there's Team Wolverine. Yeah. I have been, and always will be, the staunchest of Wolverine supporters. Absolutely. Like, he's just, I think he's a better crafted character, um, and, and I just feel such an affinity for him. Yeah. But there's, there's this great run of an X title called Avengers vs. X-Men, um, that had, like, a ton of heavy hitters on it. Jason Aaron, um, Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction, Brian Michael Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, just, like, tons of fucking people worked on it. Um, and it pits a lot of our favorite heroes against each other. Um, so no spoilers, but, like, shit goes down. Yeah. Um, and in the aftermath, Cyclops and Wolverine are, you know, they're talking, and Scott asks Logan, why do you hate me? 
and Logan responds to him because you don't hate yourself nearly enough and that totally sums it up for me like <laughs> that's such that's such a Wolverine that's such a right? response <laughs> right right <laughs> I love it yeah and it's just like it's fine to make mistakes but learn from them that's growing pains baby like yeah. But Scott never fully cops to his faults in a way that feels genuine. And for me, that negates any likability that he has. Like, Brad Powers, heroics, like, whatever. I, I don't give a shit about that if you can't just be like, you know what, I was wrong, let's move forward and do better. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I definitely attached to those characters in media that are a little bit more like, I recognize all the things that I've done wrong and... and you know, I still feel for, I still feel for those things. I understand that I have to move past it, but I still feel for those things and I'm never going to get over those things. I definitely gravitate towards those characters a lot more. Absolutely. Like I feel, I'm fine with like flawed characters, but they have to recognize their flaws, you know? And he's such a cool character. And like, I love a lot of the stuff that he's done because there's no dearth of, you know, backlog for X-Men stuff. And he's done a lot of cool shit, but I could never emotionally connect to him or find him likable just because of that lack of accountability, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you're right. That That is a very, like, similar thing that we kind of picked between our two characters is the lack of accountability. <laughs> <laughs> just like that, that big ego, but with, like, you know, no my bad when shit goes south. Like. <laughs> right. Right. I'm cool with characters that have a bad, uh, you know, a, a really big, you know, kind of overblown ego because they can be very interesting, but they can't just think they are the shit. Right, right, exactly. And, like, I know a lot of hate for him stems from people who are mad that Jean Grey picked him over Wolverine. I don't give a shit about that. Jean's a big girl. She can date whoever she wants. Like Exactly. You can't, you it's... can't let how other characters decide to, you know... <laughs> emotionally attached to other characters be a... right right like it's fine to ship things but like i that was never like the clincher for me like i didn't really care that he was dating gene and wolverine wasn't because i mean to be fair things don't really wind up so well for anyone who dates either of those characters so anyone who dates anyone in the x-men universe doesn't usually end up too great yeah, it's it's not gonna be so great for anybody there are very but... few healthy relationships in the x-men universe yeah <laughs> Yeah, the healthiest relationship in X-Men is between, like, Beast and his books. Like, that's it. It's <laughs> a little too accurate. Moral of the story, don't be a, don't be a shitty egomaniac. Yeah, just say you're, say you, say you're sorry. Move on. Yep. Say, <laughs> say you're sorry and move on. Speaking of moving on. <laughs> Shannon, who's your crush of the week? I want to know. Oh man, I've got so many feels for my crush of the week. Um, so uh, yesterday was the 30th uh, anniversary of the day we said goodbye to Jim Henson. Oh, um, dang. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking a lot about him yesterday and watching a lot of like my old favorite media. So Jim Henson, you know, he, he is my crush of the week. I mean, of my life, really. But, yeah. you know, for the week, I picked him. Um, he was a pioneer in the art of puppetry. Like his work is so intrinsic to who I am. Almost every important part of my childhood relates back to him. Like yeah. Sesame Street, The Muppet Show, Labyrinth, The Dark Crystal, Star Wars, Fraggle Rock, Muppet Babies. Like it's fucking nuts how much he's done. Right. Like 
one of my favorite Christmas movies, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Like, it, it's just, it's it's insane the amount of stuff that he's put out and how much he's affected the industry and just storytelling and so much. Like, he, he puts so much goodness into the world. Like, even after his death, his legacy continues to have such a profound effect on things. If something has Jim Henson's name on it, you know it's going to be good. Absolutely. Like, it's his his name is, like, a seal of, like, awesome. You know, you can't go wrong with Jim Henson. And, like, his son Brian um, did Farscape, which is one of my all-time favorite sci-fi shows. It's puppets in space. Like, oh, it's, it's everything I've always wanted. <laughs> but, like, he's just, he's such a kind person, and he's so inspiring. And he's got this one quote that, my hope is to leave the world a little better for having been there. And, like, he really did. Like, he really fucking did. He's, yeah, he was, he's my crush of the week. He's the, he's the best. Everything he does is so great. Well, that's a really good crush of the week. Thanks. Yeah. This, in this family, we honor Jim Henson. Yes. <laughs> Every day, we honor Jim Henson. Every day. So how about you? I'm excited to hear about your crush of the week. I mean, so you mentioned that I really, you know, having, having, especially theater, old theater ladies are the best people in the universe. Like, just period. <laughs> just, yeah. Just the best. So, yeah. Um, I think I was talking to my mom about uh, Murder, She Wrote, and what? that got me to thinking about best fucking lady, Angela Lansbury. Yes, I'm so. I wish you could see me right now. I'm like <laughs> pumping my fists in the air. I could like, hear it in your yes, <laughs> I fucking love Angela Lansbury. She's 94. Did you know she was 94? Holy shit! Like dude. I thought she was like ten, at least 10 years younger than that, just because she is still like doing things. She's still like doing things on Broadway and on television. Like, I, I just heard a version of her, um, I want to say it was for maybe last year, singing Tale as Old as Time for something, and she was just fucking fantastic. Right? I mean, yes, that's absolutely, everybody's, I think, first, um, at least everybody our age, everybody, you know, millennials age. Yeah. First probably heard Angela Lansbury via Beauty and the Beast and Mrs. Potts, definitely. Gotta love Mrs. Potts. Um, yeah, I think the first thing I ever saw her in was Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. That's right. She was in that too. Jeez. That's some wild Disney stuff there, yeah. Right? And so much of her career really started when she was, like, in her 40s. Like, she did things for... She was, like, involved with MGM and stuff, but she kind of hated a lot of the stuff that she did. <laughs> with yeah, I, I, that's, that's understand. The only thing that I can think of is I remember she was in a movie called Court Jester with Danny Kay. Yeah, like I remember really liking that when I was little. Like I, w I didn't totally understand it, but I remember liking it. And she was like a mega babe in it. So oh, she was like such a babe when she was younger, and that's clearly like how they cast her was just like you know the typical in musicals, sexy young person singing you know, for the time promiscuous songs. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then I think her big, her big kind of actual role that people kind of recognized her for was in when she was in Manchurian Candidate. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, I did too until I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's right, she was in Manchurian Candidate. I forget all of the, she has just such a massive wealth of talent and she's so versatile. Yeah. 
Like, for her ability to go from so many, especially for the time period, so many actors and actresses could not go from Broadway to TV. Like, because Broadway, you have to be so over the top and so, you know, you have to, you have to overact in Broadway because you're playing to a crowd, a large crowd of people. Yeah, but the people in the nosebleeds need to feel it just as much as the people, you know, in the front row. So So for her to be able to do so many different things is, like, incredible. Yeah. um, Her first, like, big musical theater thing that she got cast for was in Maine for Auntie Maine. Oh, Auntie Maine! Yeah, that was her first big one. Like, she was 41 when she was cast in Maine. And what I absolutely love her in, other than, you know, my favorite musical that she was in, I'm a big fan of Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I know you are. I love me some Stephen Sondheim. (laughs) Yeah. And her as Mrs. Lovett is, like, perfect. So good. And that's a hard, that's a dang hard role. Like, Stephen Sondheim kills his, like, female leads. He destroys them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's a monster and he must be stopped. But, <laughs> but like, she's perfect. And I know a lot of people say, you know, in terms of overacting with it, that they, you know, tend to call it. But you, first of all, everybody in that musical is basically meant to be batshit crazy. <laughs> right. They're all mental patients. Exactly. Like... <laughs> and again, it's Broadway. You have to overact on Broadway. Absolutely. It's like, that's, that's what it means to be theatrical. Like when someone says you're being dramatic, like that's literally what you're supposed to do. Exactly. She's just so goddamn funny in it. It's, 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 I, I encourage everyone because you can find it very easily on YouTube just to look at Angela Lansbury, Sweeney Todd and have an enjoyable couple of like 20 minutes. Just It's so good. Just do it. Yeah. (laughs) And then of course her is Jessica Fletcher in Murder, She Wrote. Oh, one of my favorite comfort watches, for sure. Right? It's such a good show and just such a fun watch. She's so great. Like, I always, there was one episode that I remember where, like, she showed up and she played two roles and she was playing her own cousin who was kind of flirty and wore a lot of makeup and it was so good. Yeah, she plays, she usually plays, she's done it, I think she did it twice. There was one, like, a full episode on this character and then, um. Yeah, she, like, went back and forth between one. It's her, like, British Cockney actress. Yeah. It's basically her cousin, (laughs) but the cousin is actually Angela Lansbury. Like, (laughs) so good. And just such, like, the character is so ballsy. And for, like, a show written in the 80s about a lady who is, like, in her middle age, late middle age part of her life. Yeah, yeah. Kicking ass and flirting with guys and, and just living her life the way she wants to is like it being a single capable woman like murder she wrote started airing in like 1984 that's like, badass right that's so freaking badass that it just for that time period nobody was nobody was really doing that still a pretty you know you know having women play a very specific role at the time seriously i hope we're that cool like right? i hope we're that cool she's she was doing of course obviously they're not uh doing it right now because broadway's closed for a bit but she's in like a there's an importance of being earnest out on broadway oh that she was in that's so great and she was in the new little women oh i haven't seen it yet but i really really want to i've heard good things about it same but yeah she's 
the fact that she's still doing stuff and is just fucking living her life. Yeah. Just makes me She's in one of my favorite weird movies, too. Um, Neil Jordan in The Company of Wolves. It's like a weird, like, dark, trippy take on uh, the Little Red Riding Hood fairy tale mythos. And Angela Lansbury plays the grandmother, and it's so fucking sick. That sounds awesome. I will have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's very cool, and she's great in it. She's, you know, like, smart and sharp and, you know, kind of tricky. Yeah, she she just doesn't, she she will never not be an awesome person. Yeah, she's never done a bad thing. Yeah, she's kick-ass, and that's my, that's why she's my crush of the week, Angela Lansbury. Oh, such a good one, dude. I'm so happy you picked her. Oh, so good. That made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's great. She's great. Kick-ass, Angela Lansbury. We love you. What a good bean. Two two very good beans. We're formative of our childhoods as our crushes of the week. I like it. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good feels one. I like how we haven't really, we didn't really discuss at all what we were doing this week, but we kind of landed on the same notes. It's very weird, Shannon. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, we've had a very similar vibe for all of our stuff, even though we didn't, like, confer ahead of time. That was fun. Right? We have a psychic link at this point. <laughs> nice. Life stream. <laughs> That's my brilliant segue into our D&D D &D discussion. D&D discussion. That's, that's a good one. I like that one because I haven't been talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake because I've been good. I've been so good. <laughs> I've been so good at not doing that. But um, <laughs> I was like, we should do for our D and discussion this week. Let's pick one of our. Now that I know that Final Fantasy VII was also a big thing for you, yeah. I was like, let's do. Let's pick a Final Fantasy VII character and make a D and D character out of them. Heck yeah. So I think you know who I'm going to pick. I <laughs> I do. I'm real excited about it, too. <laughs> my favorite boy. My original my original anime crush. My original vampire boy crush. Yay! Vincent Valentine. Yay! You find him in a coffin. <laughs> so good! You just find him sitting in a coffin. You have to unlock his safe and find him <laughs> in a coffin. He's got them sad boy feels. He's got all them sad boy feels. He's he's cloud without the shitty he's he's a mature cloud. Yeah, he he's like he's the archetype for so many men that I dated in my twenties. It's so true. It's so true. He's the reason for all of it. <laughs> Such a good character. He's he obviously does not have, you know, doesn't speak a lot and is very broody and moody. Has his reasons for it. And and ended up being like Whereas uh, as a kid, I was like, man, he's hot and I'm crushing on him. As an adult, right. I'm like, oh no, I, I am become Vincent. I am become the Vincent. <laughs> this, is, this is me. This is who I want to be, actually. <laughs> but you know, so I, because I, I've, I've already thought about who I would, how I would make this character as it is. So it's really nice to actually, again, I built a character, I built a Vincent. Nice. I made him a variant human specifically so I can give him the feet of the um, the firearm specialist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. He's a gun boy. He's a shooty, shooty boy. Love it. But, uh, so yeah. Good. So I made him a, and an, we've gushed about Critical Role before, but I think I've had to cut it out because it was just gushing on and on about something and not actually covering what we were talking about. Yeah, we just got rambly and just started, like, exploding hearts all over everything. Mm-hmm. Which we kind of do sometimes. <laughs> so I am I am picking in the uh, critical role content because I, I actually 
love this class. I'm picking a Blood Hunter for him. Yes, fuck yeah, that's awesome. The Blood Hunters are just really cool. And they have their own kind of, there are different uh, uh, class orders. Like, there's different orders of Blood Hunter that you can pick. There's um your typical, like, order of the Ghost Slayer, which is, you know, I am Van Helsing. Right. You're, you're a monster hunter. There's um Order of the Profane Soul, which is basically like, it's almost like a warlocky thing because you have a patron. I want to call it like a warlock kind of mm, fighter sort of hybrid class. Yeah. In its own way. And the two that I debated on, which I didn't, I didn't end up picking Order of the Mutant. At first, I was like, "That's probably going to be the one that makes sense," but that kind, that order is kind of experimenting on yourself and a little bit more of like if if Hojo was to make a, a, a character, I would probably put him in Order of the Mutant because they yeah, that makes total own, sense. They make their own like concoctions and make themselves, you know, they seem more like the mad scientist kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, so I picked Order of the Lycan for him. Nice! Which is, is as it sounds, it's basically you're a werewolf. But, uh, but Vincent's I love me a werewolf. I love me a werewolf, too. And Vincent's character, his whole backstory is that he was a Turk. He's a former Turk. He's experimented on, and um, now he can no longer age. And he has this, uh, his, his limit break is him transforming into a monster and just owning shit, which is kind of crazy and kind of spooky for the time, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so so obviously I was like, that actually really works for... Yeah. I really like that you can kind of customize around that. They do, you do get to choose what fighting style they prefer, and you can, you can choose ranged weapons, which is nice for my boy. That's awesome. My good boy. Yeah, I like it because... Also, the build of the character kind of lets me, it's, it, it loans a lot to the character of, of Vincent Valentine himself, because um, he doesn't need charisma, he doesn't talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, not so much, he's not a man of many words. No, he's not a chatterbox, and um, basic, it's basically like a pretty well-rounded outside of strength and charisma, being kind of low, which again fits the character. Yeah. And having pretty high dex in constitution. That tracks. Yeah, yeah, having high constitution for, for a man who can no longer die is pretty <laughs> pretty much what you want to be. A guy who can no longer age, who is stuck in 27-year-old body. Forever. Until the end of time. Like, one of the one of the quotes from, I want to say, it's from one of the Final Fantasy VII movies, like Advent Children or some shit, where, um... Uh, Red is all sad because they have such a really a long lifespan. His race has such a long lifespan. Yes. But but he says to Red like one of the last things that he says to Red he's like don't worry you know I'm I'm gonna be alive I can't die so I'll be around <laughs> we'll we'll go to Midgard every year that's what we'll do. Yeah, my heart like that's just the best. Right, it's so sweet. I love that the two of them are a friendship because without knowing that that was kind of like. That was, that was my build, I think, for, obviously, I think we all know that you're going to fight Sephiroth at the end of Final Fantasy. I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> no, that's the, and if it is, I, sorry. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know. He's kind of a bad guy. Bad guy, and they pretty much say that from all the beginning, guys. Um, <laughs> but I think that that was my party at the end of. Final Fantasy VII was Cloud and Vincent and Red because they were my favorites. Same. 
Hard same. <laughs> yeah. I love my boy. I love Vincent Valentine and his 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 uh, freaking gauntlet that I totally thought was a robot arm when I was a kid. Yup. It it took me a while to realize that it was not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the graphics of the time, it was very hard to differentiate. <laughs> yeah, very pixelated. It could have been a robot arm, it could have been a gun, you don't know. Could have been a giant dick just grafted onto his <laughs> <laughs> onto his left hand. You but never know. You never you know. Ne- but yeah, so I highly recommend if any of y'all want to make a Vincent Valentine, look into that critical role content. I like it. I like nice. fun class and you can make a werewolf boy. So I I made a, a werewolf vampire man. How crazy is that? It's not, it's rad. That's so rad. Worlds collide. <laughs> <laughs> but Shannon, tell me about your D and D character. Well, as everyone, including you, has guessed by now, probably I'm sure <laughs> I picked Red Thirteen. Yeah. Um, Red Red's Red's my boy. He's a good um, boy. Such a good. Such a good um, boy. <laughs> and uh, I. I just, I love him so much. Like, as soon as I got him in the game, he was always in my active party. Yeah. How do you not? So, I, yeah, I just, his backstory and, like, you know, personality, so great. So, I went a little on the nose with him, and I decided to make a tabaxi. Yay! <laughs> I'm glad you did. Yay! Uh, well, it kind of makes sense, because they're a clan-based society led by elders, um, and Red was raised by his quote grandfather you know right. where his parents die um they're like a reclusive people who don't really you know hang out with other other folks they try to avoid contact um and it kind of fits because the only time they do leave is they like to go and travel to you know find new knowledge and new stories and new experiences and like find out all that they can because they just want to absorb all the knowledge and then move on to the next thing. And his grandfather's wish for him was that he would travel the planet to see all the life, teach everyone about what he'd seen. Yeah. So, and like you said, like how he agrees to meet with Vincent in Midgar and tell him like what he's been up to and tell him his stories. So like as a traveling tabaxi, like he could, you know, do that, travel around the world and just absorb all these experiences and learn new things gather cool artifacts and, you know, then meet up with his werewolf boy pal and tell a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you do. Um, like you do. And, you know, they have Cat's Claw for unarmed strike, which is obvious, dark vision, feline agility, you know, yeah, all the good things that just kind of come with being a good lion boy. Um, and I almost went with a fighter for him. But then I decided Druid would be better. Ooh, good. Um, well, you know, because Wild Shape, then, you know, he can actually transform into whatever. And their primary stat is Wisdom, and Red's defining characteristic is kind of his intelligence. Like, when we first meet him in the game, everyone like... What? A talking cat? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I figured, you know, his intelligence would come in handy, and also with Druid... You know, like monks, they get timeless body, and Red's race is so much longer lived than, you know, the humanoid races. And then at the 18th level, he could, you know, cast spells while in his wild shape, so it's kind of like Tabaxi, he could, you know, turn into a lion and then just cast his shit. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, like level 20, when you're an archdruid, you can 
use wild shape as many times as you want. So if you wanted to be a Smilodon and be like a giant prehistoric cat. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes. And uh, I picked the, you know, the old standby haunted one background. You okay. know, like his his issues with his dad. And then he finds out that his dad actually, you know, wasn't what he thought. And then right. being on his own and being kidnapped by Hojo and experimented on. Like, a lot of bad shit has happened. I, I picked Haunted One for Vincent, too. I forgot to mention, but I feel like that's obvious. <laughs> that's a given, yeah. So I feel like that, that works for both. I don't know. I had I had a weird time with his alignment, but I See, I kind of settled on... alignment. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, yeah, I kind of settled on neutral good, mm-hmm. just because, like, he's he's obviously a good character, but, you know, it, it kind of vacillates between, like, you know, he's trying to do what he thinks is right, but then he learns new information and he grows and then uses that to make his decisions. So I feel like neutral good kind of works for that. I agree. I agree, because he's definitely not, he's not chaotic in any kind of sense. No, he has, like, a very strong sense of morality and, you know, like, duty. Like, he definitely feels like he has a responsibility to do things. So... And druids tend to be around, like, neutral territory anyway, because they they strive for balance and stuff, which is, again... Very- exactly, exactly. And red is so tied to the natural, so... Yeah. I feel like that's kind of... That's, like, the the natural choice for me. I agree. I, I was I was shipping a lot, on a lot of stuff with Vincent, too, because he's a very dynamic character in who he is. I feel like... Yes. I feel like he probably starts... When he's a Turk in his younger life, I feel like he's probably somewhere around, like, a, a true neutral. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. But, like, as he sees what the shit that Hojo's doing and, you know, this, the experiments that Hojo's doing and he obviously disagrees with and, you know, eventually is, like, takes takes responsibility for all the things that Hojo did, even though it's not his fault. Yeah. Like, he he takes that on himself as his thing that he's responsible for because he was party to it. Yeah. I, I'd probably put him in a chaotic good because he will shoot a bitch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he will and has. So I'd, I'd probably stick him in a chaotic good towards, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that tracks. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not neutral anymore. He's definitely doing things because he feels like he has an obligation to do the right thing. Yes. Like the means to a good end. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like he's he's he wants things to be right, but he doesn't care really how that happens. It's still pretty neutral. It's 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 he's definitely chaotic something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a tricky character to pin down, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, good. Yay! Fun D and D times. Did you know? Did you know that Vincent's blood type is type A? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. But now I do. I found my old. Uh, three disc set for Final Fantasy VII. It's it's real old. It doesn't even have. It's old enough to where it doesn't have the um the PlayStation Greatest Hits thing. You know that green. Oh damn! An old. This is an old one. <laughs> but um, I was looking through the little booklet, and here's my weird. So here's my weird Japan thing for the week. Um, nice. The little booklet, you know, gives them. A little character information on all of them, and on all of them, it lists their blood type. And as a kid, I was like, "What the fuck? I don't care." It's so weird. Like, in case you need to give them a transfusion, like, what the hell? Like, I don't fucking care. And then I go out to Japan, 
And all my kids are like, oh, and what's your blood type? I'm like, I don't fucking know. They're like, you don't know your blood type? Oh my god. So apparently, I, I would I would consider it along the lines of how we kind of view, um, you know, star signs, stuff like that. Weird. So they still, like, know star signs and horoscopes and, and stuff like that, but, like, knowing your blood type is incredibly important. That's so wild. It's a, it's a thing. It, it, it's a thing to know what your blood type is over there. That's so funny. So I thought that was kind of funny and kind of weird that for some reason in Japan, one of the other things that, you know, you would ask someone, like, if you were getting to know somebody for the first time, like, oh, what's your, you know, what's your, your star sign? What's your, you know, what year? Like, you first born? date chit-chat. Yeah. What's your blood type? What's your blood type? <laughs> Glad I found that out from, like, children and not from, like, an adult <laughs> asking right. my blood type. Like, why do you want to know, creep? <laughs> I'm not going out alone with you, you creeper. Why do you want to drink my blood? Please don't drink my blood. Listen, listen to that. Leave me alone. Blood type is a thing. I learned I learned so many lessons. <laughs> I'm always happy when you share them. Cool to hear about. Yeah, it's it's I and it's fun to remember silly stuff like that. It just makes me For sure, yeah. Good time over the year. Yeah. So we're not going to do a shout out this week because, um, again, we had a, a question. Hooray! We had a question from the Twitters. Uh, Benjamin Dewey, at Benjamin Dewey, who you actually actually know as a as a human, correct? Yeah, he's he's a very good being, um, good human, super talented artist. So everyone should check out his artwork because he is bad as fuck. For real, go check that out. But he asked us a really good one. Um, what pop culture phenomena, video games, comics, or movies people rave about are still on your to-do list that might surprise us? And why? Why, damn it? It's <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. What, what, what's, your, what's on your to-do list that I'm going to be shocked and appalled? Um, well, I did, I did one movie um, and I did one video game. Okay. Um, just to kind of mix it up. So I have actually, I've never seen Titanic. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I saw that when I was like 12 in theaters. I don't even remember. Yeah, I've never that. ever seen it. Um, We have it on DVD, which is really funny. Like Bobby, Bobby had it on DVD. Like I've never seen it. Um, I remember I had to sing My Heart Will Go On in chorus one year. So like, you know, I know the song. I know, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, you know, King of the World. I know all about it, but I have never seen the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was like a cultural phenomenon. We played it on recorder at my elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I just, I never went to see it. Like, for for me, the movies were always like a huge, big deal event thing. I grew up kind of poor, and we didn't really get to go to the movies a lot, and that was just... I never disliked it, but it was never my pick to go see for a movie when we could go. Yeah, so that's fair. For, a, for a kid to want to, like, be like, yes, this is the movie that I want to see. I want to see the sad boat sink movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will watch it eventually. Like, it's been something that Bobby has brought up a couple of times, like, we should watch Titanic. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, like, we don't. So. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So someday. 
Yeah. One day. One day. It will go on. Indeed it will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sneak in with my movie slash. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, so I have never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. Whoa! Like, at all. Dude! Had to deal with people talking about it forever. I worked in retail when it was big, so I passed a la-di-da-di-da around conversations. I I still, you know, have avoided spoilers for Game of Thrones after all this time. Holy shit, dude, good for you! I mean, I have a general idea for what happens, but anytime I see anything that says Game of Thrones on it, I just immediately scroll past. <laughs> so and and I knew how upset people were. I'm kind of glad that I didn't get on it at the beginning because I heard how people how upset people were at the end because they felt like they were with it for a really long time to have it end kind of met. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes that happens with stuff that you're so invested in. Like I I wasn't wild about the way that it ended, but I mean Honestly, by the time that I got through the last season, I was just like, "All right, it's over." <laughs> yeah, but um, eventually I'll I'll binge through it. I I at the time I was like, "No, I'm gonna read the books. I'm totally gonna read the books. I'm absolutely gonna read the books. I have not read the books." <laughs> so. Yeah, I I love the books. They're totally worth reading. But the show is om- it's like its own thing, you know. Yeah. So. I think it's worth watching, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to. And both are just very daunting to to know that you have all of this content to to consume, you know? It's a lot, yeah. It it seems like you don't want to tackle it because it's too much to ever finish. Yeah, the anxiety kicks in, and I'm just like, oh, no, something else. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's my movie TV one. What's your video game one? Um, I have never played any of the Red Dead Redemption games. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, they always look really fucking cool. And, like, I like the idea of, like, an open world, like, dirty western. Like, it seems like it should be my shit. But I just never, I never bought them. I never played them. I've heard a lot of good things about them. And I feel like I would like them if I got into them. But never done it. I've. I've been playing Skyrim for too many years. <laughs> I've been playing Skyrim and I will never finish that game. I can't get into another one. It's... <laughs> I am forever the Dragonborn. I don't really have time for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I'm the Dragonborn. I don't got time for that. But yeah, so I've never played them. I will check them out at some point. They're definitely still like you know on my to play list. I've just never gotten around to it. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun games, and they have um. They have, like, fun little twists in the story, and I, I do enjoy them. They're good. But yeah. So my my video game that I haven't uh, haven't played, and I'm actually, I'm looking at it right now because I bought it. I bought it before I went to Japan because I was like, I'm going to play this on my downtime, and I'm finally going to play through this game. Um, <laughs> haven't played Bloodborne. Oh, no way. Bloodborne. Have not played a Dark Souls game, actually. Um, wow! I know I'm a monster, and especially no. I got Bloodborne because I was like, "This is how I'm going to get into Dark Souls because it's you know kind of that that pe- time period in London that you know late 19th century looking stuff." Very much your shit, yeah. Right? It's got steampunk and it's got werewolves and it's got all that cool shit. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I I'll like make a character. 
and then just ha- my anxiety of getting through this whole massive, expansive, sprawling game will just kind of like, no, no. monster hunter world now. <laughs> you just stop yourself before you start. I totally get it. Yeah, so I still, I still haven't. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it sometime during this whole quarantine nonsense. But still, still haven't done it. <laughs> so much other I believe stuff in you. Out, and I was just like, nope. But yeah, still haven't played Bloodborne. Have not played a Soulsborne game. None, none of those. And I really need to get into them because I know they are my gym jams. But yeah, they definitely seem like your shit. They're definitely something you would like. Yeah, I just haven't haven't taken the dive yet. It's a very intimidating leap to make. But um Yeah, no, I totally feel you. <laughs> but I, I played that um the the anime Dark Souls, uh, Code Vein. Oh yes. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I did play through that and that was a lot of fun. I know it's in kind of an easier, not as intense version. You know, not as intense, not as intense, uh, you know, Souls-like sort of game. Yeah. And, you know, it was anime vampires, so. Yeah, it looked, it looked kind of fun. I, the only bit I saw of that game was, um, what Justin and Griffin McElroy did for Monster Factory, but that, 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 like, kind of made me want to check it out. You can, you can do fucking anything in character creation, and it's so good. I love that. That's great. I love that. But yeah, that's that's mine that I I haven't done. Right. Nice. Yeah. Man, that's the, awesome. The only one that I found very shocking was man. I can't believe you haven't seen Titanic. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. it was possible. <laughs> I, I'm like the one human left the who has human left on seen this that earth movie. who has not seen Titanic. <laughs> and like Bobby even told me he was just like Billy Zane is in it because he knows I fucking love Billy Zane. Um. <laughs> resistant to seeing it like you don't yeah like you don't have to sell me on it i just haven't done it there's so much content that like it's almost like it's past its expiration <laughs> right it gets to a point with older stuff where you just you just kind of forget about it. <laughs> it yeah so much stuff got piled on top of it you know that my heart literally did go on to other things so <laughs> exactly exactly oh boy <laughs> Man, that's another another ding-dang episode in the books. We did it! Another ding-dang whole episode. Man, I can't, again, like, say enough how, like, grateful I am to anybody who's been listening to us. Like, seriously, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It, it feels really good to know that people are enjoying what we're doing. It just... It feels good to put something positive out into the world. Maybe offer, like, a little comfort, like a nice little hang. Exactly. It's it's nice to know that a thing that we're doing to just kind of keep ourselves happy and positive and good is helping other people be happy and positive. Yeah. And Absolutely. The questions are really fun. The interaction is nice and it like it, it makes me feel like we're we're giving more back to the people that are taking the time to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so lest we hold people up more, um, you know, if there's anything you wanna tell us, go over to our either our Instagram at next two nerds or our Twitter uh, at next underscore nerds. So yeah, go go check us out and chat with us. Yeah, we love you. Hit us up. Yes. But on that note, um, I have been Amy. And I have been Shannon. 
and this has been Next to Nerds. We hope you all have a great week, and we love you, and stay safe. Be safe, have fun, we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye!